Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Isaiah 
Yeah, you're right. Sorry yeah. about that. 54. 54 mm-hmm. and 5. All right. Isaiah chapter 54, verse 5. For thy maker is thy husband, and the Lord of hosts is his name, and thy redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. The God of the whole earth shall he be called. Excuse me. For the Lord have called thee as a woman forsaken and grieved in spirit, and a wife of youth, when thou wast refused, saith thy God. So the Lord, when you read this whole scripture, <coughs> the Most High turned his back on Israel. But there was a reason why that happened, why the Most High turned his back. Let's go to um, Jeremiah, the third chapter, and, and get some insight on that. Mm-hmm. Jeremiah 3, we'll read verse, uh, verse 6 down to 8. Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 6. And it reads, The Lord said also unto me in the days of Josiah the king, Hast thou seen that which backsliding Israel have done? She has gone up upon every high mountain and under every green tree, and there have played the harlot. So when a man says a woman played a harlot, that means, you know, the woman's being a whore. You know what I'm saying? You could be mad. You could be with a woman, and she goes to be with another man. You say, "Wow, she's a whore. She's playing the harlot." Mm-hmm. So the Most High here is saying that Israel went and played the harlot. But when he says, uh, "I'm gonna read that again," it says, "The Lord said unto me, in the days of Josiah the king, has thou seen that which backsliding Israel has done? She has gone up upon every high mountain and under every green tree." Now. We know in the scriptures, when the scriptures use the term going up on every high mountain and under every green tree, it's referring to idolatry. Mm -hmm. It's referring to worshiping of other gods, because that's what they did on the high mountains and under the green trees. Mm -hmm. And it's going into the same philosophies we have this present day. Going into Christmas and stuff. Yeah. Christmas, Easter, it's going into the same pagan Mm -hmm. customs as being kept to this day by people who say they're married to Christ. Mm-hmm. So, right here he's pulling out that Israel is going into idolatry, and that's why he say they playing the harlot because they supposed to be married to God. They married to God, and they going into uh, following customs of worshiping other gods. So, in other words, you cheating on God. You cheating on God, exactly. <laughs> All right, we don't. All right, verse seven. This is uh, Jeremiah chapter three, verse seven, and it reads, "And I said after she had done all these things." Turned thou unto me, but she returned not, and her treacherous sister Judah saw it. So, you know, when you read the history on the scriptures, there was a time when <clears throat> the nation of Israel had 12 tribes and all together as one. Mm-hmm. And there came a time after the, the, death, the death of King Solomon, the kingdom got divided into two kingdoms. You had the kingdom of, of Israel, and you had the kingdom of Judah. And under the kingdom of Judah, you had the tribe of Judah, Benjamin, and Levi, mm-hmm. the Levites. Which were originally among all the tribes, but the uh, the tribe of Ephraim, which was over the other tribes, um, kicked the Levites out of their coast because they didn't want the Levites to exercise the priest's office because they wanted to set up priests, their own priests, for their idolatrous worship. And plus, we also know that God split the kingdom in the first place because of the um, because of the sins that they were committing, and he, it was a, it was a prophecy. That when King Solomon was living, when he went into other um, other strange women dealing with the other nations and serving other gods, that God promised that what he would split the kingdom in two, and he would rent the kingdom in two. Exactly, exactly. But he wouldn't do it in Solomon's times for mm-hmm. David's sake, but he would do it after the death of Solomon. So uh, his son Rehoboam 
in Jeroboam, um, which was, you know, Rehoboam took one half and Jeroboam took the other half. Mm-hmm. You know, a little brief brief history. Yeah. But when the Mosai was bringing judgment upon the kingdom of Israel, which was at that time the northern kingdom, Judah seen it. Exactly. And the Mosai said her treacherous, her treacherous sister Judah saw it. Read on. Verse 8. Yep, and um, I'm going to read it again. And I saw when for all the causes whereby backsliding Israel committed adultery, I had put her away and given her a bill of divorce. Yet her treacherous sister Judah feared not, but went and played the harlot also. Mm. <laughs> so the scripture said, I'm going to read that again, Jeremiah 3 and 8. Mm-hmm. And I saw when her, and I saw when for all the cause whereby backsliding Israel commit adultery, I put her away and gave her a bill of divorce. So the Most High divorced the children of Israel because of what? Because they were into idolatry. They played the whore. Just like if you're a man, you got a woman, and she wanted to deal with another man, you divorce her. Mm-hmm. You divorce her. And that's what the Most High did. Israel wanted to deal with other gods. And, and Israel's doing that to this day. Our people are doing this, this sin until this very day. Crying out, I'm married to Christ. And the thing is that a lot of people don't understand that that Israel, you know, um, the northern kingdom, and also Judah, the southern kingdom, but they uh, they broke the covenant mm-hmm. of the marriage. It wasn't that God broke the covenant. Uh, they broke the covenant, and that's why that bill of divorce took place. Exactly, exactly. Let's go to one more scripture. <clears throat> go to um, Isaiah 50 and 1. Isaiah 50 and 1, speak about... Uh, concerning this divorce that took place. All right. Isaiah chapter 50 and verse 1. Um, and it reads, Thus saith the Lord, Where is the bill of your mother's divorcement, whom I have put away? So when he, when the Most High right here in the scripture refers to your mother, he's talking about that nation, our nation, because mm-hmm. we come out of a nation. Mm-hmm. And um, that nation is the nation of Israel. Just like when Christ said, um, when Christ uh, asked the disciple, was it the disciples he was speaking to when he said, who is my mother and who is my brother? And he pointed to his disciples and he saw, and he said, behold, my mother and my brother and my sister. He's saying, these are my nation. Mm-hmm. These are my brothers and sisters, those who do the, the will of my father. Yeah, which is in heaven. Yep. Exactly. Because those that are not doing it, the Most High is not dealing with them. Mm-hmm. Those that are committing adultery, those are, that are out there committing sins against the commandments of the Most High, the Most High is not dealing with them. So right here in verse 50, the Most High is asking that question. Chapter chapter 50, verse 1. Yeah, sorry about that. Chapter 50, verse 1. Thus yeah. saith the Lord, where is the bill of your mother's divorcement, whom I have put away? Or which of my creditors is it to whom I have sold you? Behold, for your iniquities have ye sold yourselves, and for your transgressions is your mother put away. So the reason why Israel was put away was because of their sins. The reason why Israel went into captivity. Mm-hmm got sold into captivity and got scattered among all the nations is because of our sins. We did it to ourselves. That's what that's what the scripture tells you that. Because of your iniquities have ye sold yourselves. Exactly. And for your transgression <clears throat> are you put away. Mm-hmm. So we looking at when we look at everything that we did as a people and we come back to say we are married to Christ can we still be doing the same things or still be in iniquities talking about we coming back and we married to Christ? It's something we have to really look at. 
Exactly. And, and that's exactly what we're going to look at today. Is um, the Most High going to accept us in any, <laughs> in any fashion that we come just because we utter it with our mouth? No, not at all. All right, let's, let's look at that. Let's go to um, the book of Revelation, the 19th chapter. Okay. Book of Revelation is the 19th chapter. Because it's prophesizing, even though we were put away, it's prophesizing of a time when we're going to be married again to the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So, um, read verse 7. All right. Uh, Revelation is 19 and 7, and it reads, let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife hath made herself ready. So check that out. So now it's, it's, the scriptures are talking about a, a, a future time when there's a marriage that's going to take place. Mm-hmm. And the important thing I want us to focus on right here says, and his wife has made herself ready. Mm-hmm. That's key right there. You got to make yourself ready. So if you're not ready, is he gonna? Are you still gonna partake in this marriage ceremony? And we want to look at that. We want to look at that because we have to understand what we have to do to be ready. Before you go to that, because you're getting ready to deal into how to be ready, right? Um. Or what are you doing? Well, I'm gonna hit um Second Corinthians uh 11 chapter first, and then I was gonna go into it. Well, this is all part of it. Um, because I still I want to deal with one or two things that you mentioned um earlier. Are you going back to Jeremiah three at all? No, I'm not. I want to make this point real quick before you take off, right? Okay. Um, let's go back to uh, to uh, Jeremiah um, Jeremiah three real quick. I just want to make this point okay. before you uh, take. All right. So Jeremiah three, and I want you to read. Uh, <clears throat> let me see. Actually, you know what? Just read it anyway. I was going to read another scripture first, but it's just hitting me now. But go to Jeremiah 3 and read verse uh, verse 8 again. Okay, Jeremiah 3 and mm-hmm. 8. And I saw when for all the cause whereby backsliding Israel commit adultery, I had put her away and gave her a bill of divorce. Yet her treacherous sister Judah feared not. But went and played the harlot also. All right. So there's a point I just want to make, you know, going back to what you said. So Israel started serving other gods, brother, mm-hmm. the northern kingdom. And and God put Israel away. He a divorce. He cut them off. Mm-hmm. And he was only dealing with Judah. Then Judah turns around and does the same thing as Israel, the northern kingdom. Now, the southern kingdom is worshiping other gods. Exactly. You understand? And how do we know that this is really saying this? Let's read the next verse. Read verse 9. And it came to pass through the lightness of her whoredom that she defiled the land and committed adultery with stones and with stocks. Now, check that out. Mm. So she committed adultery with stones and with stocks. And what's that going into? <laughs> Idol worship. Exactly. So she started serving, which was referring to Israel and Judah, which they were serving the other nations. The stones and stocks is going right back into their philosophies, um, you know, how they serve their God. 
and different images they made to serve their God. It's going into all that, the festival days that's behind how they serve their God, Mm -hmm. just the whole nine yards, brother. And that is adultery. That's whoredom. That's what what they did. That's what we did as a people. Spiritual fornication. Exactly. So now I want to bring out this other point before I give it to you. Go to Ezekiel chapter uh, 16. All right. Ezekiel chapter 16. Because I like to paint a nice picture to people so they can understand what it is we're talking about with spiritual fornication and why we got divorced. Because we're talking about trying to be married to Christ. So Israel was married at the time. And they got cut off. So we want to go into a little bit before you take off. I just want to hit one or two points and we could add to it a little bit and then, mm-hmm. you know, take off. Uh, go to uh, Ezekiel 16, read verse 1 and 2, and then we're going to jump. Okay, Ezekiel 16 <clears throat> and 1. Mm-hmm. Again, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, cause Jerusalem to know her abomination. All right, so he's talking to Ezekiel, and he's saying, I want you to cause Jerusalem to know her abominations, which is going right back to the tribe of Judah again, going back to the southern kingdom, right? Mm-hmm. Saying, I want you to show them their sins, right? Jump the verse. Uh, it's a lot to read when, when you guys got time. You can read this whole chapter. It's a lot of, a lot of um, information in here. Go to verse, uh, verse 15. Read that. But thou didst trust in thy own beauty. Actually, I'm sorry. Go check this out. There's another part. Go to verse 11. I'm sorry. Okay. Go to verse 11. I deck thee also with ornaments, and I put bracelets upon thy hands, and a chain on thy neck, mm-hmm. and I put a jewel on thy forehead, and earrings in thy ear, and a beautiful crown upon thy head. So when you look at this, what is this going into? You know, what does a lot of people think this is going into that marriage? Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? And and this is the thing that God has done with the children of Israel. Mm-hmm. All right. So keep reading. Thus was thou decked with gold and silver, and thy remnant was of fine linen and silk, and brought it works. Thou didst eat fine flour and honey and oil, and thou and thou was exceedingly beautiful, and thou didst prosper into a kingdom. Yeah, because it's talking about that kingdom, that marriage that we had with God at the time. We had everything, brother. Yeah, he took care of us. He took care of us. We were the kings and priests at that time. You understand? Mm-hmm. It was our um like it was our world. It was given to us. God gave Israel everything. Israel was his chosen people. Rich. Glory. Power. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So read verse fourteen now. And thy renown went forth among the heathens for thy beauty. So the other nations knew what time it was. Remember the Queen of Sheba came to Solomon, mm-hmm. and Israel's glory was so glorious exactly. that she thought Solomon's servant was the king. Exactly. You know the scriptures talk about the shields we had, the soldiers, the shields, the shoulders, the soldiers had mm-hmm. were made out of pure gold. Now check that the out. Swords was made out of gold. Mm-hmm. Jewelry in our garments, rubies and precious stones in our clothes, in our hair. Exactly. And on top of all that, when you read in Deuteronomy, um, where it talks about the wisdom that we had, excuse me, and among the nations, the nations knew the wisdom that we had Mm -hmm. and knew that we was the children of God because of how we conduct ourselves. 
and the morals that we had, how we dealt with each other, how we dealt with our wives, how we dealt with our children, and how we worshiped the Most High God, the Creator. That was glory and all that. So read on. So that was beautiful. In other words, it was yeah. they were they were beautified, and the, and the other nations seen it and said, "Yo, these are wise and understanding people. These are the sons of God mm-hmm. and daughters." Read on. But thou didst trust in thy own beauty, and played the harlot because of thy renown, mm-hmm. and poured out thy fornication on everyone that passed by. His it was. His it was. Now check this out. <laughs> this is our scripture. Because you was already beautified and you you was the, the sons of God and you was married to the most high God and you had all this glory and this wisdom. All right. Everything was given to you and everyone knew that you was the chosen people. Mm-hmm. But yet you got caught up in your in, in, in your in your pride and your beauty mm-hmm. and thinking it was all about you. Exactly. You understand? And then what took place? What took place is you played a harlot. Because of thy renown, renown, and pours out thy fornications on every one that passed by. His it was. So what is that saying? That's just like these women today. What do they do? Any man that passed by, they give them some. Mm-hmm. So that's the harlot that you're playing, meaning every doctrine that passed by, you accepted and took it in and started serving their gods. That's how come you guys, a lot of people out here are still serving Christmas and don't really understand what they're serving. Easter, Thanksgiving, all these days they serve and not understand the pagan traditions behind it, which the heathen, the other nations were following, and they knew that we weren't supposed to be keeping these days. But now they take it like it's a light thing, Mm -hmm. like it's a light thing, and it's actually the abomination that makes it desolate. The reason why the Most High, the main reason why we were cast out, Mm -hmm. the main reason why judgment came upon us, the sword pursued us. The main reason. And they want to look at it like, oh, this is, this is not a big thing. I'm doing this for Christ. It ain't nothing. Exactly. But read verse, uh, jump to verse 25. I just want to make a couple more points to give it to you. Jump to verse 25. Verse 25. Mm-hmm. Thou hast built thy high place at every head of the way, and has made thy beauty to be abhorred, and has opened thy feet to everyone that passed by. And multiply thy hoarding. <laughs> this scripture is hot. Yeah, you see how they say open thy feet? That's, That's like what a woman opening up her legs. Yeah. So this is this is what Israel has done. Open up thy feet, meaning open up your legs and giving up what? Giving up your love, giving up your having sex with a with another man when you're married to another man. So in other words, you're you're, you're giving up the laws and statutes and commandments to serve God. You're giving that up, and now you're serving a different God and following their customs and their traditions. And that's what it means when you read in Jeremiah that they committed adultery with with, with stones and stocks. Mm-hmm. You see, they opened up what? Their minds to serving their gods. Exactly. And that's what's going on today. That's how come God has already gave us that bill of divorcement because of the acts that we were already committing Israel. So... That's why a lot of people got to understand some of the some of the whoredoms and some of the customs that came with it. And I want to read this one part to the extreme. Just let me read verse twenty six real quick. Mm-hmm. Verse twenty six. Thou hast also committed fornication with the Egyptians, thy neighbors, mm-hmm. great of flesh, <coughs> and and has increased thy whoredom to provoke me to anger. Mm-hmm. And you, 
There they go again, going right back to Egyptology. Exactly. Going right back into the Egypt philosophies. They 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 love that Egyptian uh Egyptian uh worship uh, yeah. philosophy, yeah. Exactly. Even to this day. Mm-hmm. And but that goes back to what we've been saying about, you know, a lot of customs that people are following could go back all the way into to Egypt and the things that they follow because when Egypt got it from who? The Babylonians, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, ancient Babylonians. Yeah, so it all goes back to ancient pagan traditions. So a lot of people got to understand what is it that they're serving? You know what I mean? What is it that I'm really doing? Am I serving God or am I serving Satan? And this is what you got to study and research and find out. Mm-hmm. Just go to verse 20 and read 20 and 21 and I'm going to give it back to you. <coughs> Moreover, thou hast taken thy sons and thy daughters, whom thou hast borne <coughs> unto me, mm-hmm. and these as thou sacrificed unto them to be devoured. What's my spot? Is this mm-hmm. of thy whoredom a small matter? So he's calling this that when they sacrifice Israel, sacrificing their sons and their daughters to Molech or to their sun god worship, because they really believe that if they sacrifice their child on an altar, that that would cleanse the next generation. This is what these other nations believe, that it would cleanse and free up their sins and they would be forgiven. Mm. This is some of the things they believed in. You know what I'm saying? And this is sick, but this is what they were doing. And God called this whoredom, you see? But if people do their research that when they sacrifice these children on the altars, they did it on the day of December 25th, you see? They did it in, on Easter. They did it on all these high high holidays, I mean, if I will, of the world, of the pagan traditions. This is what they did. And this was part of the custom that went with their sacrifices when they worshipped and kept these feast days that you call today holidays. You see? Now read verse 21. That thou hast slain my children and delivered them to cause them to pass through the fire for them. And that's the whole point. And you did that in honor of worshiping another god, and that's how you commit adultery by committing such acts. You know, I, I want. I'm gonna read verse 22. Mm-hmm. And in all thy abominations and thy whoredoms, thou hast not remembered the days of thy youth, when thou was naked and bare, and was polluted in thy blood. Wow. Mm. So the Most High said, "We don't remember when we had nothing." Exactly. When we was in captivity, he didn't have nothing. Didn't even know, you know. When he took us out and gave us everything, set us up as a beautiful, powerful kingdom. You just you, you they must, forgot all they that. just forgot all that. How are you gonna forget that? Mm. Mm, mm, mm. Let me just one more scripture, man. Just hit me. This is the last one. This is incredible, right mm-hmm, here. Mm-hmm. Hosea chapter two. This is a nice one too because this scripture shows you. That you wasn't married to God You was married to somebody else And this scripture is going to bring it out even more uh, Hosea chapter 2 And just read verse 13 We'll get right to the point And I will visit upon her The days of Baal, Baalim Wherein she burnt incense to them And she decked herself With her earrings and her jewels And she went after her lovers And forgot me Said the Lord Because we went into the bracelets and the rings before. If you check some of the history, you see that was part of some of the, the customs that they did when they when they you know when a man finds a wife or gets a wife or or the betrothing thing. Sometimes they would give them you know what I mean some rings or some form of jewelry you know, but not the ring that they talk about today. I, I haven't found that, but 
but they would give them bracelets and nose rings or earrings or necklaces and things like that. So when you read the scripture, read verse 13 one more time. Uh, Hosea 2, Hosea 2 and 13. And I will visit upon her the days of Baalim. So her is referring to the children of Israel. Mm-hmm. All right, go ahead. Wherein she burned incense to them. So the incense, burning incense to them is committing fornication again. It's committing adultery again. They were serving another God in their customs and burning incense, strange incense, like in a time, remember when Noah's sons, um, not Noah's sons, I'm sorry, when, uh, uh, what's his name, Aaron's sons, remember when they was burning strange incense to other gods and God killed them for that? Mm-hmm. So this is what they were doing, read on. And she decked herself with her earrings and her jewels, and she went after the lovers and forgot me, said the Lord. Because that's what, they, that's what they're doing. So what they're doing is they're embracing their self with another, with another lover. They're embracing themselves with another God and forming another marriage with another God. And that's what Israel did, and that's the mistake we made back in that time. So God is saying now, what do we have to do to get back and return back to him? You see what I'm saying? And this is what we have to understand according to the Bible. What Israel, you know, our forefathers have done, we can't repeat or yet, better yet, still follow those customs. Once we find out the error of our ways, we want to stop. Being in marriage with another God. Yeah, committing fornication, spiritual fornication against God. Exactly. Pick up um, 2 Corinthians 11, chapter 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 2. Verse 2. So, like we read Revelations uh, 19 and 7, we're supposed to be getting ready now to marry Christ, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people say they're already married to Christ, but let's see what the scriptures say right here. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 2. For I am jealous over you with godly jealousy. For I have espoused you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. Yeah, when someone's espoused, they're promised to be married to somebody. Mm-hmm. In this scripture here, you see we promise to be married to Christ. But it says, for I have espoused you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. Mm-hmm. So if you're a chaste virgin, what's that supposed to mean? You know, a chaste virgin, that yeah. means you're not yeah. dealing with nobody else, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. You're a virgin. Mm-hmm. You're obedient. But but we see that a lot of people yelling out they're married to Christ. If if you're if you saying you're married to Christ and you celebrating Christmas, is that being a chaste virgin? No, it's not. If you celebrating um Thanksgiving, is that being a chaste virgin? No. We're supposed to be presented as a chaste virgin of Christ. So if we say we're married to Christ, we can't be dealing with anything that's outside these scriptures. Exactly. We gotta be dealing with Christ. Christ is is in his Bible. Or else we, we commit the same sins that our forefathers committed. Exactly. Which caused our land to be desolate. Mm-hmm. The abominations that caused it desolation. And that's the reason why we have a bill of divorcement, because we were serving exactly. these traditions. The same reason why we were divorced. Now, we think we're going we're gonna to get married to Christ and right now be committed to the same acts that caused us to be divorced. And then say that we're not doing it to their God. We're not doing it the way the, the you know the pagan rites and the origin of it came from, but we're still doing it to Christ though. Mm-hmm. You can't be you can't be married to God like that or married to Christ like that. I'm sure they were saying the same thing back then. Exactly. When they were burning incense to Baal. Exactly. It's just like when they um came out of Egypt. These be the, the gods that brought us out of Egypt. Exactly. So they were building that 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 uh, who were they building that the cat for? 
They were building for the God that brought them out of Egypt. Which was the sun god worship, S-U-N. But what did God say? Mm-hmm. Did God say, okay, I'll accept that? He's not going to accept it. <laughs> so it's the same thing people got to understand today. It's that, that sacrifice is not being accepted. Mm-hmm. It's not acceptable with God. <laughs> Man, God is a jealous God. Mm-hmm. That's what the scripture shows. We have to be a chaste version of Christ. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go. Let's go look at some. Uh, let's examine some things here in the scripture. Let's go to Matthew twenty-five. All right, Matthew chapter twenty-five. Start at verse one. Matthew chapter twenty-five, verse one, and it reads: Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And that's what we all we all could be considered virgins. Or we should be virgins because we're not dealing with anything outside of Christ. And we going forth to meet the bridegroom, which is Christ. I want to um, hear a couple of things. One quick scripture on the lamp issue, because I want everybody to understand what it means by the lamp. Um, Psalms 114, real quick, and we'll come right back. Psalms 114 and uh, 105. So these virgins had a lamp. Let's see what the scripture is referring to as being the lamp. Psalms 114. I don't make a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> Darn, this cough is. Ooh. So about that. Give me a second. Mm-hmm. Get my scriptures mixed up a little. Now, Psalms 119. Oh, okay. Psalms 119. And 105? Mm-hmm. Okay. Psalms chapter 119 and 105, and it reads, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, and a light unto my path. So the scripture telling us that the word is a lamp. Now, when we look at the scripture, the word is a lamp unto my feet, and a light unto my path. That means while I'm, when I'm walking down the street, the words of the Most High is guiding me. Mm-hmm. It's just like, for example, let's say I... I um. I get up in the morning, the middle of the night, right? And I'm going to go use the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And I don't turn on the light. I have a light, but I don't turn it on. Now, if I don't turn on the light, I'm walking in darkness, right? Now, I can trip. I can step on a skateboard and fall. I can, mm-hmm. you know, <coughs> step on a toy one of my kids left on the floor and hurt my foot. You know, anything can happen if I don't have a light. Yeah, And, and you... I, I don't know what caused it because I'm in the dark. Mm-hmm. But if I have that light and I use that light and I turn it on, now I can see everything in my path. And that's the thing. A lot of people have the word. They have the light. But when they go to make decisions in their life, they don't use that light. You know? So you have, you can have two versions. You have one that have the light one that don't have the You have both of them that have the light. But it's their choice whether they're going to use that light or whether they're not going to use it. You know what's so nice about it is that why do you even need light in the first place? You know, why do you even need light? So the whole point is, think about it. If Why does a person need light, brother? So they can see in the dark. <laughs> so it goes to show you that this world is in darkness. Mm-hmm. And we need light in order to see where the heck we're going, brother. 
But a lot of people like to operate in dark peace. They sure do. They'll have the word, mm-hmm. and they'll put, they'll have the word, and they'll go ahead and, and do things on their own decision, which means they they'll have the word, but they won't use it. But the word is supposed to be used so we can make proper decisions mm-hmm. and live a upright and righteous life. Just like you said, what if there's some shoes on the steps and toys on the or, or, or anything in the way of the steps, and you don't turn on the light and you go down the steps, you fall and break your neck. Exactly. But you have to turn on the light so you can know where the heck you're going. And that's what a lot of people do. And this is what a lot of people don't understand according to the scriptures when you're dealing with the Bible. Um, it's the same thing. It's that light that you're turning on, you know, for your life out in the world because the world is in darkness. They're not following the light. So they're not going to be able to see where they're going. Exactly, exactly. That's why they don't understand <clears throat> a lot of these things. That's in the world like Christmas, Thanksgiving, and all that garbage. That's why they don't understand those are works of darkness. And they're because walking in darkness. Even though they may have the Bible and yeah. go to church, mm-hmm. they're not using it. Because the Bible tells you not to deal with those things. Exactly. That's a perfect perfect example of a, uh, like the scripture we read in Matthew 25, of a foolish virgin. Mm-hmm. You're waiting to meet, you're going forth to meet the Lamb. You've got the Bible, but you're, you're not using it. Mm-hmm. Because you you say you're married to the Lamb, but yet you're still saying you can celebrate days when the Scriptures just... We read all the Scriptures show you of, of the consequences that came upon God's people for following pagan days. Yeah. And you say you got the light and you're going forth to meet the Lamb, but yet you're celebrating pagan days. That means you're not using the light. When you go out... At night, and you pull out your flashlight because you can't see when you go in your basement or wherever you're going. You got to turn on your flashlight. Yeah. Anywhere in darkness, that's why people carry flashlights because it's dark. Mm-hmm. You could be in a cave, wherever you at, when people are searching for certain things, you got to turn on the light. You can't see. So your Bible, your Bible, your Bible is that flashlight. You understand? You yeah. open it up and so you can see. Exactly. So you're going to take it out in the world with you. You're not using it. You got to use that flashlight so you can see where you're going, people, because the world is darkness. And like you said, those holidays, people don't really understand. Some people really don't understand that it's darkness, but you have to research to find out what darkness is. Darkness is what the other nations follow, brother. Mm -hmm. They follow these things. Mm -hmm. Israel was never given um, Thanksgiving and Easter, was never given... um, Easter and uh, uh, Christmas and these days to follow and the feast days that's behind them. Yeah, Valentine's Day and all that garbage. And and men sleeping with men and women sleeping with women. These nations did these things. Bestiality, um, sacrificing children to to their gods. We didn't do that. So you can't take none of those things that they were doing and then put Christ's name on it and think it's good. Mm-hmm. You're not married to Christ like that. Yeah, and it goes on a lot of levels too. It goes... I mean, there's so many levels that this this can go into. Mm-hmm. Because we see people in relationships, they get into a relationship and have problems in the relationship, but yet the Bible told you how you're supposed to set up a relationship. Mm-hmm. You didn't use the light. You have the light, but you're not using it. You're in darkness. You're walking in darkness. Um, let's go back to Matthew's uh, 25, unless you got something. Uh, I'll, I'll go to it in a minute. All right, go ahead. Go, go to Matthew 25. Yeah, I want to go back over. All right, Matthew 25 and read verse uh, one, again. One, 1 again. So Matthew 25 and 1. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened to ten virgins, 
which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. So they took the word and went forth to meet the bridegroom. The bridegroom is referring to Christ. I want to read a quick scripture to prove that the bridegroom is referring to Christ, just in case somebody out there don't see that. And plus, it brings out a little bit more information. Mm -hmm. um, go back to um, Matthew the ninth chapter and read verse 14. Just want to make it clear to everybody. Matthew. Sometimes we assume people know know things, and mm -hmm. lo and behold, they don't know and they don't understand. Mm -hmm. Matthew chapter nine. We're gonna read verse fourteen. Matthew chapter nine, verse fourteen. Then came to him the disciples of John, saying, "Why do we and the Pharisees fast off, but thy disciples fast not?" And Jesus said unto them, "Can the children of the bride?" chamber mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? So he's saying, can the disciples mourn, meaning fast, fast is a sign of mourning, mm -hmm. while the bridegroom is with them? So the bridegroom is them. The children of the bride chamber, or the virgins, are his disciples, those that are following him. Mm -hmm. You know, I should make that perfectly clear. And those virgins are, are, are many virgins, but really all make one, which is the church. Exactly. Uh, and Jesus said unto them, Can the children of the bride chamber mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom shall be taken from them, and then shall shall they fast. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right, let's go back again. I wanna... All right. Matthew 25 and uh, verse, oh, verse 1 again. Yeah, we went into mm -hmm. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened to ten virgins which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise and five were foolish. So it's right here it's talking about <laughs> five of these virgins that had the lamp were wise. Mm -hmm. Five of these virgins that had the lamp were foolish. Exactly. So we want to look at what classifies them as being foolish. Because as you read on, you're going to see that the foolish ones don't end up entering to marry Christ. Christ. Mm -hmm. So they can say they married to Christ all they want to, but what classifies them as being foolish, and part of what we read in Psalms is definitely going into the answer, but we want to look at a couple other things so we can be fully warned and have a clear understanding on if we want to be married to Christ, what we need to do. Let's go to a, a quick example of that. Go to um, the same book, uh, 22nd chapter. Verse 11 for me. 22 and 11. And it reads, And when the king came in to see the guests, he saw there a man which had not on a wedding garment. So this, here goes one of the, the virgins, one of the children of the of the, of the, uh, the bride chamber. He's there without a wedding garment. Mm -hmm. So he's not prepared. Everybody else is prepared. There was a man there that didn't have a wedding garment on, right? Exactly. All right, we know. And he saith, excuse me, and he saying to him, Friend, how camest thou in hither not having a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then said the king to the servants, Bind him hand and foot, and take him away, and cast him into the outer darkness. Then, excuse me, there shall be weeping and, and gashing or gnashing of teeth. So this man right here wasn't ready. He was a he was a fool he was definitely a foolish virgin. But the question we could ask, the question needs to be asked, because I know some people probably, they, you know, 
I can see some people now go out to the store, buy a nice wedding dress, and say, I'm going to put this in my closet when Christ come. I'm going to throw this dress on, and I'm going to be ready. Yeah, right. Some people might literally think that's what it means. I'm going to go get me a nice suit. Mm-hmm. Go get me a zoop suit. And when the Lord show up, I'm going to throw on this zoop suit, <laughs> and I'm going to be ready. Yeah, exactly. But it's not talking about a cardinal dress. It's not talking about a cardinal suit. Mm-hmm. Let's get a let's get some understanding on what it is that we have to have on to dirt ourselves and be ready to marry the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Go to um Isaiah sixty one for me real quick. Isaiah sixty one. <laughs> Isaiah sixty one. And what? Um three verse ten. Isaiah 61 and 10 reads, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he hath clothed me with the garments of salvation. Wait a minute. The Most High has clothed us, clothed mm-hmm. him with a garment of salvation. Mm. And that's what we're talking about, salvation, right? Exactly. So this person, obviously, he's going to be ready. He, he has a garment of salvation on him. You know? He hath covered me with the robe of righteousness. So he's covered with a robe. Exactly. But that robe is talking about is righteousness. Mm-hmm. How, how, how can the Most High cover somebody with a robe of righteousness? Exactly. That's a question. That's a question everybody got to ask themselves. Yeah, I mean, how do how do I get that robe of righteousness? Mm-hmm. Hold that for a second. I want to see what what uh, classifiers as being righteous. You know the old scripture, um, Deuteronomy six twenty-five. Yeah, six twenty-five. Mm-hmm. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 25. And it reads, And it shall be our righteousness if we observe to do all these commandments before the Lord our God, as he hath commanded us. So, that, where's the commandments from? Oh, in the, in the, in the word of God, in the, the Bible. Mm-hmm. So that's the land. And that's that robe. So we have to what? We have to observe to do. Mm-hmm. So we have to be using that lamp. Because if we're not using that lamp, then we we foolish. And that same lamp is going to cover us with a robe of what? Righteousness, right? Mm-hmm. 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 All right, read it. Go ahead, read it. I'm going to read verse 10 again. Uh, this is Isaiah 61 and 10. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God. For he hath clothed me with the garments of salvation. He hath covered me with the robe of righteousness, as a bridegroom decketh himself with ornaments. As who? A bridegroom decketh himself with ornaments. So we so we see in the scripture here that's showing us that that's a covering for a bridegroom. Mm-hmm. So just like a bridegroom deck herself or put her clothes on herself, is the same way we can clothe ourselves with righteousness. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, that's talking about the man, right? The bridegroom. Mm-hmm. And as a bride adorn herself with her jewels. Yeah, a bride. There you go. There go the bride. It goes right back to what I said earlier about those jewels that she put on. Exactly. I was thinking of that too when yeah. you were saying that. Yeah. But a lot of people are putting on jewels for who? They put themselves for for other gods. For other gods. Exactly. And you know what goes good with this? Mm-hmm. That scripture went, we read it before. Matter of fact, let's go to that now. Revelation 19 again. Mm-hmm. And I got one more. Let me bring some in. All right. Revelation 19 and 
We read 19 and 7, but now let's read 19 and 8. In fact, let's read 7 and 8 together. Revelation 19 and 7? Read 7 and 8 together. All right. <clears throat> Revelations chapter 19, verse 7. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him. For the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife hath made herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white. For the fine linen is the righteousness of saints. So it's showing you what that covering is. Yeah, man. This, the scripture is making it real clear what that covering is. That covering is dealing with righteousness, and the righteousness is found in the scriptures. That's that lamp that we have that we have to cover ourselves with, meaning we have to apply it and use it in our life. Mm-hmm. And that's that covering that's going to have us ready to, to be married to Christ. Give me one more scripture. Mm-hmm. We're going to, yeah, we'll go to a break. Give me um, scripture. Isaiah 30. Yeah. Okay. Isaiah 31. Isaiah chapter 30 and verse 1. And it reads, Isaiah 31. Woe to the rebellious children, saith the Lord, that take counsel, but not of me. And when we look at a scripture like that, how do we take counsel of God? Where's the where's the counsel of God found that? In the word, in the Bible. In the Bible. So mm-hmm. a lot of people, just like we said, people have the lamp, but they're not using it. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have the Bible, but they're not taking counsel of the Bible. They're going out doing things and making decisions and put the Bible to the side. But yet, they'll go to church and, you know, hold the Bible under their armpits or, or read certain scriptures. But when it comes time to live in their life, they don't apply what's written in the Bible. They don't even look at the Bible. They think they have a better way of doing things. They have a better understanding. Mm-hmm. They smarter that the Bible don't apply in this situation. Exactly. Let's expound on that a little bit more because even the show that airs on Tuesdays <laughs> at eight o'clock. Are you smarter than your pastor? Are you smarter than your pastor? Mm-hmm. All right. So when you think about that, think about what we're saying. Are you smarter than your pastor? Because a lot of times you listen to your pastor, a lot of people out there. And when you listen to your pastor, you got to read the scriptures and see, is it measuring up to what the Bible is saying? Because a lot of people, like you said, are taking counsel, but has absolutely nothing to do with the word of God. And you wonder why your marriage is failing. You wonder why your relationship with your children isn't working. You see, and you wonder why you yourself, um, the, the demons that you're dealing with, for some reason, you just can't shake them loose. Mm. And you wonder why, because you've been receiving the wrong counsel. Mm-hmm. All right. Because when you go into the scriptures, it teaches us how to deal with our families and it teaches us how to deal with our coworkers and it teaches us how to deal with situations and be patient and wait for the Lord to deliver you instead of you going into your own mind, trying to deliver yourself in certain situations. So. This is what we're supposed to go in. This is what makes us wise. Exactly. That's why the other nations looked upon Israel and said, you know what? This is a wise and understanding people. Look how they deal. Yeah. So this is how we got to deal and take counsel so we, we could become wise like the Most High God. All right? So I'm going to read this again. Israel, Israel, <laughs> Isaiah chapter 30, verse 1. Woe to the rebellious children, says that's, the Lord. That's the ones the Lord is referring to as rebellion. Exactly. That's being rebellious. Exactly. Woe unto the rebellious children, saith the Lord, that take counsel, but not of me, and that cover with a covering, but not of my spirit, 
that they may add sin to sin. Mm-hmm. And cover with a covering, but not of my spirit. That's heavy. Because a lot of people knows that the most high God has a holy spirit. Yeah. But how do we cover ourselves with the Lord's spirit? This mm-hmm. goes right back into that garment, into having that garment, having that covering on you. Exactly. But covering with a covering, but not of my spirit. Mm-hmm. So where's the most high spirit? Right here in the, in the word of God. Because Let's get a scripture. Exactly. Guy. I was about to say that. St. John, um, John, the sixth chapter. All right. St. John. St. John chapter 6. 663. See how we can cover ourselves with that spirit. Exactly. And it goes right back to us being covered with righteousness. Mm -hmm. It goes right back to us having that garment on. And having that lamp. Yeah, and being the the wise virgin. Exactly. All of it's the same answer. Yeah, it all goes back to the same thing. St. John chapter 6, verse 63. All right, the famous scripture, right? Mm -hmm. It is the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are the spirit and they are life. So these words are spirit. That's right. And these words is what we're supposed to be coming with. And these words are what we're supposed to be taking counsel with. Mm-hmm. That's why the scripture said, woe to the rebellious children. Woe meaning destruction. Mm-hmm. And that's why people are going through destruction, going through hard times, going through all types of plagues and tribulations in their life. It's woe to the rebellious children that take counsel, but not of God. And that's that's exactly what you have with the foolish virgins. They take counsel, but it's not of God. Exactly. And for what purpose? The scripture says, so they may add sin upon sin. And what is sin? Sin is going against the commandments of God. First John 3 and 4. Whosoever commits sins transgress the laws of God. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So you're not taking counsel of the scriptures, so you're going into sin. Mm-hmm. So you, you want to go into sin. That's why you put the scriptures to the side. Exactly. Let me pull out this one scripture just to add to it before we go on break, unless you was pulling out another no, one. No, go to, uh, you know, we use this scripture all the time when we deal with the Bible. This is how you answer a lot of questions. Uh, this is uh, Second Peter's, all right, Second Peter's chapter 1, verse 20. Because if a lot of people don't realize what it is to walk in the Spirit and what is the Holy Spirit, we just read it was His Word, right? Mm-hmm. All right. So let's read this. Second Peter chapter one verse twenty. Read that. Okay. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation, for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of men, but holy men of God spake. As they were moved by the Holy Spirit. So who wrote the Bible then? Spirit of God. The Spirit of God, which is the Holy Spirit. So his Holy Spirit is on this Bible, brother. It wasn't written by man. A lot of people still always want to speculate and say this and say that and say that man wrote the Bible. You know, um, God didn't write the Bible. A lot of people say they believe in Christ, but then when you read a certain scripture to them that will offend well, them. Men wrote that. Yeah, men wrote that. All of a sudden, man wrote that. Um, but they say they believe in Christ, but all of a sudden, when you read a scripture that corrects them, they don't want to be corrected. But that's the Holy Spirit that you're supposed to cover with. That's so they can add sin upon sin. Exactly. Because they don't want to be covered with the Holy Spirit. They want to be covered with another covering that's not of him. 
Exactly. So we got to have counsel of the Most High God, which is this Bible, because man didn't write this. And when we read the Bible, a lot of people don't get it twisted. There is a way that we're supposed to come across. The Bible tells you we're correcting people. We do understand that. Okay. But at the same time, we mentioned this in class Saturday. I don't care how humble you come. Who's more humble than Christ? And Christ corrected many people when they wasn't trying to hear it. So you can say it the way they want to hear it, and guess what's going to happen? They're still offended. So they're going to find some kind of excuse to continue doing what they want to do anyway. All right? So this is why a lot of people must understand you have to read your Bible. If you don't read your Bible, like we said earlier about tomorrow's show that's going to be airing at 8 o'clock, you are not smarter than your pastor. Because why? You got to ask yourself, are you smarter than your pastor? Because your pastor is teaching you things that are contrary to doctrine. They're teaching you that it's okay that December 25th, Christ was really born, and this is the day that we keep in honor of him, Thanksgiving, a day to be thankful. And there's a lot of people that hold this Bible and think a man and a man should marry one another. But where is that in the scriptures? It's not in the scriptures. So you're, you have a different covering on you. Yeah. And you can't be married to Christ like that. Dealing with another counsel. When you don't let, um, in other words, you don't honor your mother and your father, you're not covering with the spirit of God. You're not taking the counsel of God. When you don't honor your husband, you're not taking the counsel of God. You have another covering on you. And you can't say that you have Christ and that you're married to Christ when you're operating that way. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And this is why we have to dig deep in ourselves because all of us have something in us that we have to get ready for to put on that garment, brother. Mm-hmm. We all have things that we're learning about ourselves that we don't like, that we're finding out now that, yo, I got to repent. I'm tripping. So we got to keep it real within ourselves and step up to the plate and deal with it. Look in the mirror and deal with it. Don't run from it, but deal with it. The scriptures say, examine yourselves. Know ye not that Christ is in you, except you be reprobate. So we got to understand that Christ supposed to be in us So we have to constantly examine ourselves and look at ourselves and look at the error of our ways and find out are we making errors and work on those things because we're trying to prepare for the wedding, which is Christ. Exactly, exactly. All right, we're going to take a quick promo break. So hold on. We'll be back. The Body of Christ Church Radio Network broadcasts seven days a week on blogtalkradio.com forward slash the BOCC. Listen to our archive broadcasts or check us out while we are live on the air. Come and visit us in the virtual living room at 2 o'clock p.m. on Sundays where we examine current topics according to the scriptures. Are you looking for the truth? Can you handle the truth? Find out on Mondays at 8 o'clock p.m. It doesn't matter what church you attend or philosophy you believe, Take the challenge to see, are you smarter than your pastor on Tuesdays at 8 o'clock p.m.? The world is engrossed in darkness, but it shall be destroyed by the light. Check out From Darkness to Light at 7 o'clock p.m. on Wednesdays, where all manner of witchcraft, occult practices, and Satanism is exposed for what it is. Before the light comes, it's time to awake on Thursday at 8 o'clock p.m. If you are seeking salvation... Listen to Repentance is the Key, Fridays at 7 o'clock p.m. And after you've listened to all of these shows, 
Find out how we will become kings and priests Saturday mornings at 9 o'clock a.m. All shows are on Eastern Standard Time. Remember to check out the Body of Christ Church seven days a week on blogtalkradio.com forward slash the B-O-C-C. That's blogtalkradio.com forward slash T-H-E-B-O-C-C. Shalom. Connect with the Body of Christ Church on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. You can like our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash the BOCC. Follow us on Twitter at the BOCC and view our videos on youtube.com forward slash the BOCC1. Link with us to learn more about repentance and salvation according to the Holy Bible. Remember what Christ said. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. We pray that the information on our pages guide you towards true repentance to the Heavenly Father in the name of Christ. Shalom. Shalom, everybody. Welcome back to our show. Mm-hmm. We're going over, are you married to Christ? And uh, we've been pulling out scriptures about how we're going to be married to Christ, how we uh engage to him right now. Mm-hmm. And um, something we like to uh, bring out now is how similar it is, the relationship between the church and Christ and um, us as individuals serving Christ and how the relationship between a husband and a wife is very similar. Exactly. This is a beautiful point to bring out. So we're going to go to uh, Ephesians 5 mm-hmm. to, to bring that out. And we're going to hear a couple of scriptures hopefully bring some edification to that. No doubt. So uh, Ephesians chapter 5 where would you like me to start though? Um, All right, cool. That's where I was at, too. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22, and it reads, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. So just the way the scripture says, wives, submit yourself unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. Mm -hmm. Because the husband's, the main job of the husband is to guide the wife to Christ. Exactly. You know, just like the main job of the parents is to guide the children to Christ. Exactly. And when a woman gets married, what does the parent do? The parent gives the daughter over to the husband, mm-hmm. and he continues that job of guiding the wife to Christ. Mm-hmm. But the same way, the, the church, the church itself is supposed to be submitted to Christ. So every individual that's in the church is supposed to submit themselves to Christ because Christ in return is guiding the church on how to please the Heavenly Father. Exactly. You know, because that's what Christ do. Christ pleased the Heavenly Father. That's what Christ said. He said, my words are not mine, but the Father that sent me. So when you think about it, when you really think about it in a nutshell, you'll see that who does Christ answer to, brother? The Father. The Father. 
who does the men answer to? Christ. Christ. And who does the women answer to? The husband. That's the way that the order is. And that's how we're supposed to instruct our homes. Mm-hmm. If anybody see anything different than that, then they're not they don't have the covering we just read earlier. Mm-hmm. So that's how come we're supposed to um apply these scriptures what we learn to our lives and no one's saying that it's an easy transition, but it's something that has to still be implemented and and examples supposed to be set forth in the church and you're supposed to with all your power fulfill what's written in this Bible. Mm-hmm. Regardless of what your kids may not do, whatever your wife may not do or, or, you know, we're supposed to still handle our business as a man of God. Mm-hmm. You know, so we can't stop doing what we're supposed to be doing because Christ, well, we're going to keep reading. I'm about to give it away. You're going to read more, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm about to give it away, so I'm gonna, let, me, let me stop. It's all part of us using that lamp or using yeah. the word because if, if we say that we have Christ as a covering and we are, we're married to Christ, but yet, we're not applying the scriptures in the order that the Most High set forth. Mm-hmm, exactly. Are we really married to Christ? Mm-hmm. Are we using that lamp? We absolutely are not using that lamp. We're not using that lamp. Mm-hmm. We're not. We don't have that covered. <coughs> we're not using um, as we read in Isaiah thirty and one, where where it speaks about uh, counsel. Um, Isaiah thirty one, where it tells us about they take counsel, but not of me. Mm-hmm. They cover with a covering, but not of my spirit. Mm-hmm. That covering you have of is not the spirit of the Lord, because if you have the spirit of the Lord as a covering, then you are, you operating according to the counsel of God mm-hmm. in the order we read in right here. Exactly. We had uh, verse twenty three, right? Yep. Uh, Ephesians five twenty three. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. So the same way Christ is the head of the church, mm-hmm. the husband is the head of the wife. And <laughs> there's a lot of information with this, man. It goes it goes like a three sixty, man. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Because if Christ is the head of us, we have to follow Christ in all things. We have to. We can't tell Christ what to do. And Christ doesn't come to to us, you know what I'm saying, to be led. We go to him and be, to be led. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And and he makes the final decision, not us. We got to follow what his decision is, and we got to be obedient to that decision. Or else he's not going to accept us as a wife. Exactly. We'll be rejected. We got, just like we said in Matthew 25, mm-hmm. that, that foolish virgin that didn't have no oil. And, and think about it. If Christ, the Most High said he gives out his word, right? Christ gives out the word to give to us, right? Mm-hmm. We have to follow the words of Christ. That's the part people don't get. You know, if he says don't murder, don't steal, don't kill, that's the commandment. We got to keep it. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Excuse me. If we go against that and I go out murdering, stealing, and killing, and then I'm still holding my Bible and I still say I'm married to Christ, am I really married to him? It's no different than that man and that woman coming together as one and she doesn't obey her husband. Is she really married to Christ? No. No, because the order isn't being honored. Exactly. You understand? And don't get it twisted. We say this all the time. You can't be married, you know, to an ungodly man, which don't have the counsel of the Lord, and you so-called married to him, and he's not guiding you the proper way. How are you going to be instructed by a fool? Hmm. Yeah. 
You know what I'm saying? So we understand if your husband has judged foolishly and you brought the scriptures to correct them according to the Bible, that's all in spirit and in truth. That's good and dandy. But if he's coming out the scriptures to show you and guide you and lead you correctly according to the Bible and you just mad because you just don't want to follow what it's saying, ain't nothing wrong with your husband. There's something wrong with you. Yeah, you're not taking that counsel. Yeah, so this is why it's very important. Let's read the scripture one more time. All right. All right. Ephesians 5 and 23. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. Mm-hmm. Keep going. Mm-hmm. Therefore, as the church is subjected to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Mm. So, so the <clears throat> So, in other words, the church itself is subject to Christ in everything. In everything. In, in all your decisions that you're making. That's right. In the way you walk and live your life. Mm-hmm. It's subject to Christ. Mm-hmm. You know what this t- makes me think of, too? Um, matter of fact, I'm going to hit the scripture real quick. Yeah. Go to Genesis, uh, the third chapter. Genesis chapter it's a little awkward, but it, 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 nah, it nah, 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 this hits the point. point. Nah, it definitely does. Reverse <coughs> uh, 16. Yeah. Genesis chapter 3, verse 16. Unto the woman, unto the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children. Now check this out. Just think about this now, right? What's another word the scripture used for children, right? It's called the fruit. It's your fruit, the fruit of your body, right? Mm-hmm. Now, this is just some food for thought. Yeah. When we, how do we get fruit in the in the gospel? What is our fruit considered? The word of God is the fruit. But our fruit is considered when we begin to apply the word of God and be and become righteous. We're bringing forth for fruit. fruit. We're bringing, We're bringing forth, forth righteousness. Fruit. Yeah. Is it easy for us to bring forth fruit? No, not at all, man. It's hard for us to bring forth fruit. We have to fight. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of, if you look at this on a spiritual aspect, it's kind of saying the same thing. Because even though physically a woman have a hard time having children, go through a lot of pain and suffering, we go through a lot of pain and suffering sometimes, you know, when we try to... To repent and to change. Repent and, and change make that change. Yeah, and, and, and make that transition. It's, it's hard when you have a hard demon on you. You know, because some people got, you know, we know because we got demons on us. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. That we're trying to overcome. And and it's not an easy task to get rid of that old person, man. You be fighting daily, like the scriptures say. Take up your cross daily and follow me. Meaning you have to fight every day. There, there's, there's some days you're tempted. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, no doubt. Thought. Hey, I thought you were going to no, read. No, no, I'm, I'm on that. No, oh. oh, okay, okay. Reverse, uh, I'm going to read verse 16 again. Uh, Genesis 3.16. Unto the woman he said, I will greatly, greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. Now, the same thing. <clears throat> Our desire is to Christ. Exactly. And who rules over us? Christ does. Christ rules over us. You darn skip So it. it's the same way you can look at it, the relationship between the wife and the relationship between the between uh, the church and Christ is that Christ reigns over us and our desires are to Christ, not to our own lusts. Exactly. 
Uh, there is a point that I thought you were going to hit. I'm just going to say it. Yeah, go ahead. And Genesis 3 um, is, is just the point. Um, let's let's just read this one part here. Um, what verse you got? Give me one. Matter of fact, just read verse 1. For, just start at verse 1. Because this is just this point I'm going to bring out. We're not going to read too much of this. Just start at verse 1. Now the serpent was more subtile than any beast of the field, mm-hmm. which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, as God said, ye shall not eat of every tree of the ground. Of the garden. Of the garden. Mm-hmm. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the tree of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. All right, so she knew the commandment mm-hmm. of God. She knew this. Read on. Uh, verse 4, mm-hmm. and the serpent said unto the woman, ye shall not surely die, for God does know that in the day ye, sh- ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Just like we go through this all the time, we talk about this topic about how she knew better, but, but, but Satan, you know, kept attacking her, meaning that demon inside of her. You know, about being wise. She wanted to be wise. You see what I'm saying? She wanted to receive that wisdom that the serpent means Satan was saying that she could receive. Mm-hmm. So, in other words, she, she was enticed by what Satan was putting in her mind. Exactly. All right, read on. Verse 5. Verse, verse 5. Oh, what was that? Verse 6. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. Verse 6. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eye, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. So the whole point that I'm trying to make is is that you read, uh, matter of fact, there's a part here. Where is it at? Um, give me one second. Um, so in other words, she ate. And then gave it to her husband, and her husband ate, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Jump the verse. Uh, I might as well stick with it so, now. Something else um, I want to pull while you're looking for that yeah. is that it's, it's just the same way like in a relationship now, you know, one person can go off. It's the other person's responsibility to, to use correction. But what was um, Adam's responsibility? Adam's responsibility was to bring the woman back to Christ, you know, back to following the commandments of God. Not to follow her into sin. Even though she went to sin, he was supposed to correct her. But he, instead of correcting her, he followed her, followed her into sin. And that's the point I wanted to make. Oh, but that's good. It came out. As long as the spirit come out. That's the point I wanted to make. Because you got to remember, when you read, uh, go to verse, uh, read verse 11 and 12. Just to add to what you just said. Read verse 11 and 12. Okay. And he said, Who told thee that thou was naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou should not eat? Read. And the man said, The woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. So (laughs) his answer was, it was the woman's fault. You know what I'm saying? But when you go on to see... Um, that when you read further back, who did he make first? He made a man first, and then he made a woman. Mm-hmm. All right. So he made a woman to be help for the man. Mm-hmm. But God 
came to the man, all right, because we he understood the order. The order. And this is what I'm trying to show the people that you got to understand the order. It was the man's responsibility, like you said, to correct that woman. Exactly. You understand? And that's how come a lot of women need to understand this. Don't be offended a lot when a man comes to correct you in certain situations that apply to the scriptures. Because correction has to take place. Because that order is important. It doesn't take anything from the woman. The woman is beautiful. Mm-hmm. The woman is the is the daughter of the High God, but the order is the order. You know what I'm saying? So this is what we got to understand. Just like the Most High God, we know Christ is wonderful. He laid down His life for us. He is our Lord. But there is someone greater than Christ, which is the Most High God. But Christ still get that that props and He get that honor and respect though. The same way the man must get that honor and respect from his wife. Yeah. So that's that's a beautiful point because. It show you that, like the scriptures we reading, that our desire is supposed to be Christ, that He's the head, He's the head over us. So if any one of us are stepping away from that leadership of Christ, it's the other person's responsibility, whether it be a wife, a husband, a brother, or sister, to mm-hmm. correct and bring that person back in line with Christ. Mm-hmm. Because anything outside that, any thing outside the counsel of God, is the counsel of Satan. Exactly. And we'll we'll be in the same trick bag. We find ourselves in the same trick bag that Adam and Eve found themselves in. Because these things were written for what? Is the Bible tells you what were they written for? For examples for yeah, us. Exactly. You know, to, to live by and learn from. Exactly. And this is why we gotta learn from the mistakes of Adam and Eve. Okay? Mm-hmm. So Ephesians chapter five and um we want where was we at? Verse twenty four maybe or Take stuff at 25. Oh, 25. Okay. So read 25 again mm-hmm. or 25. All right. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. So Christ loved the church. That's right. And the same way a husband is supposed to love his wife. <laughs> yep. Right, beyond. Uh, And it reads. That he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. That's beautiful right there because... What's going to cleanse us is us applying that counsel, us applying God's counsel, not going into our own counsel, mm-hmm. but having that lamp and applying that lamp. Because it says that he may sanctify and cleanse us with the washing of water by the word, mm-hmm. by the word, by this Bible. That's how we cleanse. That's how we cleanse. Mm-hmm. And that's how we got to keep each other clean. Exactly. Is by using the word. Not going into our own counsel and what? Well, I think and I feel and I and I think this and I. That's a bunch of garbage, man. That's your own counsel. Mm-hmm. What does the scripture say? Exactly. That's what we're supposed to think and feel. Exactly. Uh, just one point on gave himself for it. Um, verse twenty-five. It says, "Husband loved your wives, even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it." Mm-hmm. It's a point that I know a, a, a lot of people. Maybe we go into this uh, just a tad bit, but I just want to just expound on that a little bit. That what did Christ do for the church? That He loved the church and He gave Himself for it. Um, you know the scriptures tell you that He laid down His life for the church, right? Yeah. yeah so. All right. Um, I'm gonna read the precept that's here, uh, Ephesians chapter five. Um, I'm gonna start at verse one. I'm gonna read one and two. It says, be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also have loved us 
and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling Savior. Mm. All right. The point I'm trying to make is with that love that he displayed, was it easy for Christ? No. He suffered, brother, mm-hmm. to death. All right. His long suffering and things that he suffered at times, you got to understand that there's going to be times in relationships we are going to endure grief or we are going to endure suffering or we are going to endure certain things with dealing with certain issues. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So there's going to be situations in a relationship that you have to give up your time, your space. You know what I mean? Like we went to our class Saturday. Some of your time that you had to do with, with what you had to do, sometimes you got to give your time for your wife to do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And things of that nature. So there's going to be times that we're going to suffer in so many levels. There's so much dealing with that scripture. So, you know, I'm just adding a couple key points to it. That the most part is that it's long-suffering and patience. And is that and is that mercy. And is that love and kind and tender care. Everything that Christ displayed, it ain't one thing. It's seven things he did in his walk. It wasn't just him laying, laying down his life. It's all the things that he did which fall into laying down his life. You understand what I'm saying? So Christ corrected a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> Christ put a lot of people in their place, and they didn't get He called Peter Satan for crying out loud. You know what I'm saying? He did certain things and called people like, you have you lack faith. Yeah. You know? Um, he, he showed a lot of love, you know, with a lot patience. of people. Impatience. Extremely a lot of patience. You know what I'm saying? With a, so... And that role that he played, we got to understand as a man, the role we're playing exactly. in leading our children and our wives because situations that they're not always going to be easy, you know, and then he gave up his life, which, wow, how many people are going to do that? Mm. You know what I'm saying? So it just showed you the deep and depth of, of what Christ really did and some of the things that we can't even measure up to all the way at times, but this is what we're supposed to aim towards, though. And we're we're called to give up our lives also. Exactly. You know, the, the life that we used to live, live the life that we love to live, mm-hmm. we got to give it up. You know, we got to leave it. Exactly. Leave it behind. So, verse, uh, I'm going to read verse 26 again. Um, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the wash of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So, when we when we look at... Like we read Revelation 19 and 7, his wife had made herself ready. So that means we have to get those spots and wrinkles and blemish out of us by applying the word. Because he said he said he did this so he could present it to himself. So he could present the virgin, the bride, to himself clean yeah. without spots, wrinkles, and blemishes. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And that's why it's so important that the husband and the wife, when they're dealing together, that they have to make sure that each other don't have spots, wrinkles, and blemish. Exactly. Because you say you're watching over each other's soul. That's right. You know, that's true love. That's real love. Because if you let that person have spot and wrinkles like, like Adam did with Eve. Exactly. What's going to happen? Is Christ going to accept that, that, accept that person? Death came into the world because of sin. So that person's not going to be accepted like that. We're not going to mm-hmm. be accepted like that. Exactly. Because that's the purpose of us having the word. That's the purpose of Christ coming and dying for us and giving us a second chance. To be reformed. <clears throat> not to continue as our forefathers did and be into idolatry. 
Son, I'm doing it for Christ. This is it's not really that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. It is a big deal. We fell at we fell as an empire. We went into captivity for it. You talking about it's not a big deal? Remember that we read earlier in the scriptures about how great we were, and how much glory um, Israel had before they got that bill of divorcement. Yeah, we were committing fornication. Mm-hmm. We're not going to be accepted as fornicators, spiritual fornicators. Nah, we can't do that. We have to be chaste virgins unto Christ. Mm-hmm. Right, Verse 28, so ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. That's right. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourished and cherished it, even as the Lord the church. Even as the Lord the church. I want to go to another example. Mm-hmm. Another thing that's showing you. Let me go to, let's just go to Ecclesiasticus 26 in the Apocrypha. In the Apocrypha. Yeah, Ecclesiasticus 26. And read verse 24 and 25. Ecclesiastes chapter 26, verse 24. Hey, this, that's what you said? Hold on a second. Oh, oh you got the wrong one? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you got the wrong one. I'm about to say, you know. You're about to really attack. <laughs> it's 36. Yeah. <laughs> Ecclesiastes chapter 36, verse what? 24. 24. He that getteth a wife um, beginneth a possession, a help like unto himself, and a pillar of rest. And when you look at that scripture too, like I was saying, the similarities between Christ and the church and a husband and a wife. Now, we as a church... We go, we go, we looking to be the wife of Christ, right? Mm-hmm. But the scripture says, "He that get a wife, be get a possession." So we become the possession of Christ, of Christ, mm-hmm. a help like unto Himself. <coughs> so mm-hmm. what the things that Christ was doing, we're supposed to assist what Christ has done and yeah. what He is doing. Assist when we look at what Christ was doing. What was He doing? He was going around teaching people to repent. So what are we supposed to be doing? Teaching people to repent. The scriptures say. Um, go out and teach repentance. Go out and tell them that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. Exactly. So the bride is supposed to be out there helping mm-hmm. get that word out. That's right. And by doing that, we are what? A pillar of rest. Exactly. <laughs> We're helping to stay to Christ. Exactly. And that's what the woman in the marriage is supposed to do with a man. Exactly. Help assist him into following the most high God. Yeah, we help mm-hmm. Christ. We help exactly. That's perfect. Mm-hmm. We help Christ to assist Christ in doing what His mission is, and that's to call the world into repentance, into following Him. Not just saying I believe in Christ and nope. continue in sin, exactly. But to call them to repentance as He did. That's why a lot of people can't stand correction because the whole world needs to be corrected, brother. Mm-hmm. The whole world's in darkness. They need to be corrected. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of people are so used to being in darkness, they don't even know what light is, bro. They don't even know. They don't even want to know light no more because they've been in darkness so long. That's why the scriptures say men love darkness rather than light. You know what I mean? They rather live in darkness. You know what I mean? So when you bring the light, they reject it. They don't want no light. They want to walk in darkness. So a lot of times that's where it comes in where people get offended a lot and they become scorners. And want to argue with you and curse you out, or even want to fight you 
or even like the disciples at points want to kill you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because of the word of God, not because of what we're saying, like it came from us. Mm-hmm. It's coming from the Bible. I'm only repeating. I'm only a messenger. I'm only repeating and assisting Christ. Exactly. You know, so the same spirit that killed Christ is the same spirit that wants to kill us. That's why what Christ told us, too. He said, the world hates you. Mm-hmm. You know, it hated me before they hated you. Mm-hmm. Because I testify that the works thereof is evil. Exactly. So when we tell people that Christmas is evil, what you think you're going to get from that? They're going to get offended. They're going to get mad. They're not going to love you for that. Your mother, your father, your sister, your brother, your son, your daughter, when they want to follow that, they hate you for that. Exactly. You know, and it becomes uh, a beef. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And that's how come when we stand for righteousness sake, so be it. That's why Christ told us he came he, he came to cause division. That's right. Because that's the division. When you tell people they worship Satan and they into idolatry, mm-hmm. they don't like that. They have a problem with that. Mm-hmm. All right. Read verse 25 and <clears throat> So Ecclesiastes chapter 36, excuse me, verse 25. Where no hedges, there the possession is spoiled. So now when we look at a hedge, <laughs> a hedge is like a, 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 Protection. a, a barrier. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> a, a, a line drawn, something that you can't cross. So our hedge is this Bible. Exactly. So if the laws or the commandments of God isn't there, we're going upon our own counsel. Us as the possession of Christ, us as the bride of Christ, we become a spoiled possession. It's just like if you have a spoiled apple or a spoiled banana. What is it good for? You can't you, you can't use it. It's no good, man. So the scriptures tell us if he that begins a wife begins a possession, then come back and say where no hedge is, the possession becomes spoiled. It's showing us that if we don't have a hedge or boundaries, we go out and doing things that's contrary to the commandments of God. We go out and operate upon our own counsel. We're no good to Christ. Mm-hmm. We're no good. We're spoiled. We're no good. What you going to do with something spoiled? <laughs> Throw it away. <laughs> it's not fit for nothing. Mm-hmm. But you got something you got to do. Yeah, I just want to add to that. That's all. But you finish? Okay, yeah, all right. Proverbs chapter 25. We use this scripture occasionally um, dealing with what the point you're bringing out. So I just want to add to it. Uh, Proverbs chapter 25. And read verse uh, 28. Okay, Proverbs 25, 28. Mm-hmm. He that has no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. Mm. So it adds to the hedges. Yeah. All right, so Israel, when you look at Israel, we can use that as a scenario too. Israel, that's why a wall was built around Israel to protect Israel from any wickedness or violence that comes into the city. Yeah. All right. So when you read the scripture right here, it says, he that hath no rule over his own spirit <laughs> is like a city um, that is broken down without walls. So that's how come those walls that is referring to is the spirit of God. It's the word of God. Yeah. And in order for us to really understand that, you got to have rule. You got to subdue your spirit because there is inwardly a demon that wants to come out of you. Um, you want to commit fornication. You know what I'm saying? You want to commit murder. You know what I mean? You want to sell drugs or you want to be a stripper or you want to be a pimp or whatever the case may be. Um, but the most high God is that wall, is that protection. We're supposed to put up and say, you know what? I can't sell drugs. I can't do drugs. I can't be a stripper. I can't be a pimp. You know what I'm saying? I got to make an honest living. You know what I'm saying? So that is that, that wall, that, 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 that head, that, that barrier that's, that's set up. 
Because without that, it'd be broken down without walls. And what's going to take place? The scriptures tell you that um, if you come into Christ and you come into God and you overcome your demons and then you go out to sin willfully, what's going to happen? It, you know, that spirit that was once in you is going to go and gather other spirits and they're going to come back and make their make their way with you, man. So you're not only going to have, you're going to be in a worse state than what you were before you even repented. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So you got to have that barrier, barrier up, and that's the hedge that you brought out. And I just want to bring that point out. Well, let's go to, um, you got anything else you want to No, no, go ahead. Go to, uh, I, want to, I want to look at something with the first part we read in that scripture about um, a help like unto himself. Mm-hmm. I want to look at what Christ was doing, that we need to be a help and, and do the same thing. But I'm going I'm to read this scripture right here because I think it, it brings a couple points out. Um, Matthew 9, the ninth chapter of Matthew. Matthew and Luke bring it out. Matter of fact, I'm gonna, I like to read both of them. Well, let's read Matthew's first. Matthew 9 and 10, 10 to 13. Matthew chapter 9, verse 10. And it came to pass, as Jesus said at meat in the house, behold, Many publicans and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. And when the and when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto his disciples, "Why eat your master with publicans and sinners?" Now, now the publican thing is, is being a publican uh, a sin. Being a publican a sin. Yeah, because the publicans we don't we're like tax collectors. Yeah, is that, that is that a sin in the scriptures? <laughs> no, that's not a sin. That's something that the Pharisees was throwing in there because mm-hmm. as Christ was telling them, you know, <laughs> when you do your job, just don't take more than what you're supposed to do your job righteously. That's mm-hmm. what's important. Whatever you're doing, you got to do it in righteousness. Mm-hmm. So the Pharisees here didn't say, "Why sit your master with uh, publicans and sinners?" Right? Mm-hmm. Right, you know, verse twelve. But when Jesus heard that, he said unto them, They that be whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. So, this is heavy because it's showing you. Now, he's referring to somebody that's in sin as someone that needs a physician. Mm -hmm. He's referring to somebody that's in sin as somebody that's sick. Or or we can look at what we just read, a, a possession that's spoiled. Exactly. So it shows you that being outside the commandments of the Most High, something's wrong with us when we operate outside the commandments. The Heavenly Father and Christ, the Lord and Savior, has shown us that when we operate in sin, you may not think something's wrong with you. You may think to yourself there's nothing wrong with what you're doing. You may think you're having a good time. The Scriptures are showing us that when you're dealing like that, you're out of order. And even with, with Eve... When she committed such the act that she committed, she was sick. Yeah, she's out of the image that she was created to be in. Mm-hmm. You're not you're not operating the way you're supposed to be operating. You know, I just wanted to get that point out. But but what Christ was showing the Pharisees was that the people that are in sin are in need of help. And the point I want to make is that for us that are um, uh, uh, expiled to Christ It's our responsibility to go out there And teach and try to help those That are sick That are sick Because mm-hmm. we supposed to be a help like unto A help like unto himself right Exactly you know? Let's read that also in um, Luke We'll read the whole thing in Luke, Luke 15 Because he used some different words in Luke I like to bring out 
and he was the savior of the body. You know what I'm saying? He laid down his life for us. Um, when you talked about how the that we had in us that we had to get rid of mm-hmm. and the unclean things that was in us that we had to basically dissect and be there for one another to teach each other repentance and guide each other and exalt one another and show each other and to instruct each other into righteousness, basically. All right? So read it. Just keep reading. Um, verse 19. Mm-hmm. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. And having made peace through the blood of his of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him, I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. And you that are sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, ye now had reconciled. In the body of his flesh, through death, to present you holy and un, unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. If you if you continue in faith grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel which ye have heard, and which was preached to every creature which is under the heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister. Yeah who now rejoice in my suffering for you and fill up that which is behind behind of the affliction of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake, which is the church. So <laughs> when you read all this, this is basically telling you that, like we said earlier, that Christ, we're supposed to assist Christ. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what Paul is doing right here. Yeah, yeah. He's he's his, He's just helping his stay. He's assisting Christ. Yeah, he's that true. He's being a true bride. That's right, and he's trying his best to do what? To teach the church how to repent and come up out of being unclean and have those blemishes. Mm. So you got the whole body, and you got Christ. Christ is the head of that body, and now we, as trying to be that, like you said, being prepared for that wedding, as being our wife, we're supposed to bring other people with that covering of that garment. So they could be prepared too. So they could be covered. Yeah. So this is what Paul was doing. Exactly. For who? The body. Who's the body? The church. Exactly. So what are we doing, brother? And what are we supposed to do? The same thing as Paul. He led by example. We supposed to lead by example. Mm-hmm. So when you read, when you read, um, when you read First Corinthians eleven, where it goes into, um, matter of fact, I'm just going to quote it. Well, go ahead, make that point. Yeah, and um, like the brother uh, Kid Isis said. Put in the chat room, we were elevated from the Most High at one point. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful point because, like we read in the beginning, we were into witchcraft. Exactly. We were into uh, idolatry. <coughs> you know, we were committing spiritual fornication against the Most High. Mm-hmm. So, in reality, we were sick. We were in need of a physician. Exactly. You know, we were we were lost sheep. You know what I'm saying? But the Most High through the mercy and through the blood of Christ is calling us to come back to him and calling us that come back to him to go out and get other brothers and sisters <laughs> and bring them back. You know, so we ought to be virgins. We, 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 ought, virgin. we ought to be that chaste virgin. Uh-huh. We have to put away fornication. We have to put away our dodge. We have to put away all that stuff from us. <coughs> mm-hmm. And put back on righteousness, put back on the spirit of Christ, put back on the, the laws, statutes, and commandments of the Most High 
through Christ and be ready for this for this glorious wedding. And 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 the key point um to be made Matter of fact, I'm just going to just read this one point. Uh, this is one scripture, real short and sweet. This is 1 Corinthians 11 and 1. Be ye followers of me. This is 1 Corinthians 11 and 1. Mm-hmm. Be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. Mm-hmm. So that's what Paul was doing. He was leading by example, and he was teaching those and trying to edify those in the Bible to repent. So like you said a little while ago, why do we teach that Christmas is wrong? Why do we teach Easter is wrong? Why do we teach a lot of women out there to be submissive to their husbands? Why do we try to teach other men to be examples in their house so they can lead their family properly? You know, to guide your children, all right, to 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 be that example in the world. Because everyone has to understand what Paul was doing here. He was trying to save the body, which is Christ, because every single one of us is supposed to be the members of the body of Christ. So our job is to save as many souls as we can according to the instructions that was given to us from Christ. Exactly. So this is what this is what our job is. This is what we have to do according to the word of God. You know what I mean? This is a high calling, like the Bible tells you. This is a high calling. This is a this is not something to take lightly. It's a high responsibility, you know, in a job that, that Paul was showing and anyone that was following Paul. You know what I'm saying? This is not an easy task when you got to lead by example and teach others. You got to be like Christ. All right? Mm-hmm. So bring out, um, matter of fact, go back. Colossians? Actually, you know what? Nah. Let's, let's sum it up. Go to Ephesians chapter 4. All right? We can sum it up real quick. Go to Ephesians chapter 4. And actually... <laughs> this is beautiful. Go to verse four. Start at verse four, man. Okay. Ephesians four and four. There is one body and one spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling. <laughs> one Lord, one faith, one baptism, mm-hmm. one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you. This is a beautiful point, man, because <laughs> there is only one body, bro. No doubt. But there's a lot of people out here teaching that there is another body. Why? We keep saying the same thing. We keep repeating it. But so what? Because a lot of people are hard-headed. When you look at Christmas and you look at Thanksgiving and you look at Easter, Mother's Day, Father's Day, you look like a homosexual sleeping one another in the name of Christ, getting married in the name of Christ, women getting married in the name of Christ. Brother, that's another body. Mm. That's another God. That's another God. That's another, that's another Christ. So when we look at one body, one spirit, that's one spirit. The scriptures already told us when we read a little while ago. <laughs> what was that uh, Deuteronomy 30 you read, right? About that, I believe it was Deuteronomy 30. Or was it Isaiah 30? I'm sorry. Yeah, Isaiah 31 talked about um, having a spirit, having a, having a spirit. Of a covering or whatever, but which was not the covering of God, not of His spirit, but not of His spirit. Mm-hmm. So that means there's another spirit out there, brother. But according to God, there's only one spirit, and that's the Holy Spirit. And where will we find that in the Holy Bible? In spirit and in truth is how we gotta teach it. You can't teach another spirit. Mm-hmm. There is not another spirit. Just like even as ye were called in one hope 
of your calling. Brother, there is only one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. All right? So when you go into one Lord, there's only one Lord, Jesus Christ. And he is not the one that was born on December 25th. That's a different Lord. (laughs) You see? He has nothing to do with Easter. That's a different Lord. He has nothing to do with a man sleeping with a man and a woman sleeping with a woman. That's another Lord. So people got to understand this. If it's not adding up, you serving another Lord, right? Then it goes into one faith. The scriptures say faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's the only faith we got me in this Bible. But we have other people following other doctrines, other books, other men, like like uh, and them always say, other gurus, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and other uh, philosophies and theories and things of that nature. And not even reading the book, meaning the Bible. They're reading other books to get their instructions. And they talk about they married to Christ. And they talk about they married to Christ. So you're not married to Christ operating this way. All right? One baptism. There's only one way to be cleansed from your sins. And that is through the blood of Jesus Christ. You got a lot of people getting caught up in the hype of water. Getting dunked in water. And thinking that they're cleansed from their sins. No. The true baptism is you being cleansed from Jesus Christ, realizing, like we read a little while ago about being alienated, realizing that you was in the spirit of idolatry. You was in the spirit of fornication. You was in the spirit of of, of selling drugs, and, 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 and you was in the spirit of committing all forms of different fornication, right? Not realizing that you was in the wrong. Just like Paul said, he did things ignorantly in unbelief. All right. So now the word of God is coming to you. Now you cleanse through the word. Jesus Christ has cleansed you through his blood that you are forgiven. But now you have to stay clean and wash through the word of God. And that is the true baptism. There is not another baptism. (laughs) So when it goes on to say one God and one father of us all, that's going to the most high God. There's only one creator, and that's the most high God. You understand? So there's no other doctrine. And this is what the whole world got to understand. If they don't understand that, then they're going to be lost. Jump to verse 11. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and some teachers Mm -hmm. for the perfecting of the saints. For the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So check this out, brother. The Most High set up help. He set up people like Paul, like we read about being that example and getting the body, meaning uh, the body, meaning the church, the body of Christ, right? To be prepared, like we're saying now, for the wedding. You understand? So he set up people for the perfecting of the saints. For the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So this word of God, like we're doing here today, brother, is supposed to edify the church and teach them how to return back to Christ. That's That's been the goal, too, ever since uh, mm-hmm. the serpent uh, begot Eve. Exactly. To bring us back into that proper image mm-hmm. that we were created to be in. Exactly. And the most I haven't given up on it. Mm-mm. But man has rejected the most high and set up false doctrine. Exactly. 
to fire their sins. Mm-hmm. Like we read in Isaiah 30 and 1 again, mm-hmm. that they may add sin <coughs> on sin. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So read verse 13. So we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ. Now that's incredible, man. Mm-mm-mm. So when you read these scriptures and you understand what these scriptures are saying, right? We got to go back to that. We got a little time, but we got enough time to read it. Um, let me go to First John real quick, right? We're going to go back to that. So hold Ephesians 4 because we're going to end it with that. But I just want to bring this point out in 1 John chapter 2, which we use all the time. Okay. 1 John chapter 2, start at verse 3. And hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. All right. So (laughs) the only way we're going to know Christ if we keep his commandments, meaning the word of God. Read on. He that said, I know him and keep not his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. Yeah, so how are you going to be married to Christ if you don't even know him? And and, and if you don't know him, that means you're not keeping his commandments. You're not keeping his word. You understand? So the customs that you're keeping that are not in this Bible mean you don't have that personal relationship with him any which way. And you're not married to him. You're totally not married to him if you don't know how you gonna be married to somebody you don't know? You a liar. You a liar, bro. So read on. Verse five. Mm-hmm. But whoso whoso keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. So right back to that perfection again, to be perfect. Yeah. All right, is to keep his word, his commandment, uh, the love of God. That's how you perfect it by keeping his word and his commandments. Read on. Hereby know we that we are in him. Mm-hmm. He that said he abide in him ought himself also to walk even as he walked. <laughs> so that's the point. We're going to go back to Ephesians. But that's the whole point of how did Christ walk? Did Christ commit sins? Was he serving idolatry? Did he serve Easter, Christmas? Did he, did he say it was okay for a man to sleep with a man? Did he tell you that you don't have to submit yourself to your husband? That your children can do whatever the hell they want to do and don't listen to their parents? Did he say love your mother and father more than me? He said, Do not love your mother and father, daughter, nor son more than me. Meaning what? Keep his word regardless of what they say and what they do. He said, He that loves father, mother, and daughter, and all that more than me is not worthy of me. Exactly. So let's go back to uh uh Ephesians four and pick up where we left off. Reverse uh Read verse 13 and 14 together. So we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ. Hmm. That's, that's, that's bad right there. <laughs> that's, that's bad because it shows you that we should be. I mean, I like to explain the scripture like this. If, I, if, if you see a chair right there, Somebody said, build, build this chair to the statue and measure and fullness of that chair. Mm-hmm. What are they going to be? They're going to be two identical chairs, right? Identical. So that's what the church is supposed to be. We're supposed to be identical to Christ. To Christ. How are we going to be married to him if we are not identical to him? Mm-hmm. So that, that's saying that the world is saying. And it brings you back to that relationship that's with good. the husband and the wife. Exactly. 
Because the wife got to be identical to the husband. Yeah. And Same we both got to be in Christ. Mm-hmm. We both got to be identical to Christ. That's why Christ is saying that he understands that there's work you got to put in. There's changes you got to be ready. You know what I'm saying? There's There's things that you have to work on. He understands that. He came in the spirit like we did in the body. And he understands our thoughts. He understands what we're going through. You know what I'm saying? He, he's not a God that don't understand. He's an understanding God. He's a merciful God. But yet and still, we have to aim towards that mark of Christ. We have to aim towards perfection. We have to fight daily to overcome these demons, man. That's in all of us. So read verse 14. That we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine mm. by the slightness of men. By the slate of men, God. By the slate of men and cunning craftiness mm. whereby they lie and wait to deceive. Keep going, God. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. So. So regardless of the doctrine of, of, of these different doctrines that's out here, and there's so many of them, and, and they're so cunning, like the scriptures say, they, they crafty and they deceive you, and they try to deceive you so you don't have to follow Christ the same way Eve was deceived, deceived by Satan and, 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 and told her and enticed her and seduced her into eating that fruit. And it's the same thing that's going on today. We're being enticed and seduced by demons that's inside of us by every wind of doctrine. That's why you have these holidays that are set up today. That's why a lot of men think they could sleep with men. You know what I mean? I know we say this a lot, but it's true. But we're trying to, you know, make people identify with what it is that the Bible is saying so they can understand. So, you know, read verse 16 and, and we could we could close in words or whatever. Read verse uh, 16. From whom, from whom the whole body fitly joint together and compact by which, sorry, let me read over. Mm-hmm. From which the whole body fitly mm-hmm. joint together and compact by that which every joint supplied, according to the effectually working in the measure of every part, make make it increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Now check that out. Now that scripture had to be the last scripture because it shows you. That the body of Christ, when it's fit, fitly together and we all work as a unit. And we all on the same page. What? We are unstoppable. We build and make that true temple of the Most High God, which he's going to come back and wed, which we are going to be ready for that wedding. And I want to say something, too. The only way we're going to be fitly fit together and be compact like that, mm-hmm. together like it's saying, is that we all have to be following the world. Exactly. We, if any of us are going by our own thoughts and our own feelings, then we're not part of that. Exactly. I'm going to be part of that. We got we got a different plan going on. We got a different council going on. Mm-hmm. So we all have to be on the same page and all following the scriptures. Mm-hmm. Following that spirit. Exactly. Have that covering of the spirit of the Most High on us. And uh, with that. There's a lot of stuff, you know, that came out today in Lord's will. You get to ponder on it and, and you know, research, read, and, and pray to the Most High for knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. And we give all glory and praise to the Most High God and His Son, Jesus Christ. And without them, we have no understanding. And without them, we have no wisdom. We have no hope. 
And exactly, we would not put on that garment prepared um, for for the husband, which is Christ. You know, we're going to be the ones not wearing our garment mm-hmm. if we don't take heed to the words of the scriptures. We don't want that. That uh, the king said, mm-hmm. "Why are you coming here without a wedding garment?" Exactly. Bind them up and cast them into outer darkness. And with that, giving all praises. And uh, we hope the Most High bless you, increase the fruits of your righteousness, bless your understanding. And uh, with that, we say shalom, and thank you for tuning in. Shalom. If you would like to contact us or learn more about the Body of Christ Church, you may do so by calling, emailing, or by visiting our website. Our telephone number is one 871 1712 our email address is bodyofchrist at ureach.com. Ureach is the letter U, followed by the word reach. So that's bodyofchrist at ureach.com. Our website, thebocc.com, contains our telephone number and email address, as well as audio and video biblical lessons and other information geared toward edification and repentance and good works. Again, our website address is the DOCC.com, so please feel free to connect with us today.